Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Lions fans. This is the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where the Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who always podcast hands-free. Chris and the Riz. Hey, Lions fans, welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast, episode 489. This is 489 already? Wow. This is the first 2-0 Detroit Lions team since 2011? Question mark? This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashing host, Chris, and with me is my good friend and co-host, Jeff, the Riz Rizden. How are you doing, my man? It's good to be back live with you, Chris. It's a football Wednesday. We got a one and football team. Got a chance to be two and for the first time in a very long time. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. It makes me very happy because uh, yes. I did not expect them to win the first game, and I also didn't expect them to win the second game. But things have a funny way of changing, and you've got to change with them and adapt and. Uh, I'm having fun adapting to the Lions being one to know and beating the Chiefs and hosting a dilapidated Seahawks team. This is the adaptation I was built for. This is the evolution <laughs> I've been waiting for. God, thank you. Finally, Darwin to be on our side. We got a lot to talk about today. We've got a lot to talk about today. We're going to do our warm-ups like we usually do. A couple things. We're going to do the KCC BTFO. Got to cover that. Jameer Gibbs usage is going to be a really fun little piece. We're going to go around the NFL. Week one, we're going to talk about what's going on in the games, what we saw. Give you a little bit of overview there. We're going to talk about the officiating this week, who we got, what to think, what the heck is going on around there. We're also going to talk about the importance of the Seattle game, give you a little preview of the game, the matchup, and a whole lot more. We've got a great show lined up. Riz, are you ready to go, my man? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. Oh, thank you very, very much for Brown8SM for your subscription. I appreciate that. Subscribe, like, you know, do all those things. Hit the bell, all those those fun, fun, joyous things. We appreciate you when you do that. Um, David Woodkirk, Chris and Riz, the most interesting guys in Lions Media. Thank you, David. Also, post-game show this week. First one of the season. It is time. It'll be Chris and Michael Gray, also known as Gray. We will be doing the post-game show this week. Ash is going to be busy on his uh, daily DLP. He'll be back. Don't worry. Michael is filling in to kick things off. It'll be fun to have the the long-locked wonder join us for all the fun. Also, don't forget we're changing the logo on the podcast. We will have that coming up in the next week or so. It's for the audio-only people. Don't be afraid. Don't get lost. It'll still be there. And last but not least... This is the Detroit Lions podcast season for St. Jude. I want to thank everyone for all the well wishes 
last week I mentioned my mom had been diagnosed with cancer. Um, I broke a little bit. I apologize. It was only hours old, the news. And so we'll get through it. We will, because that's what we do. So uh, stjude.org slash DLP. Get in there. Let's help those sick kids, those families get their juice on, get some help and uh, get through what is the toughest battle of their lives. All right. Riz. We got through all the stuff. Let's get right into the show. We got warmups. Warmups are here. The first one we want to talk I'm about it, this this one this is this may warm some people up more than others. Um Amani Arawarie, we got some 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 distressing news today about him. Wouldn't talk about him. He's friends with a lot of the guys on the on the on the team. Jerry and he are are close. And uh, Amani was pulled out of Giants practice on a backboard special teams drills today. There's an ambulance. I haven't seen any update on his situation, but Amani, man, hopes, prayers, thoughts with you. It's nobody. Don't want that to happen to anybody, really. No, that's that's terrible. And it sounds it sounds like he he did actually move his extremities before he left, but it's just you never want to see that. And and you know, I, I know he's not with the Lions anymore, but. He did nothing but try his best here, um, and you know you got to you got to give it up to him. I hope yeah. hopefully he pulls through just fine. Yes, get back yes. out there on the field for the Giants because they need everything that they can get. What we will talk about that. We will talk about that when we go. <laughs> yeah, we will. Uh, wow, <laughs> that was unexpected. Wow. I was. I w- I'll just say the short. The shorter that is, I was really worried because the Lions did so well against them. I was like, oh. It does, might not mean a whole lot. And I felt sad. My friend's a really big Giants fan. So <sighs> yeah. um, Matthew Grisak. Oh, my God. First time I did one of these live instead of recorded. I am weirdly excited. You know what? I'm weirdly excited that you're here. Ooh. Uh, what also talk about uh, CJGJ ski mask fun. Amazon sold out for a while. The blue ski mask. Everyone wear your ski mask to Ford Field. <laughs> It sounds like I love it. It sounds fun, right? It sounds like a good time. It, it sounds pretty, it's a pretty funny, unique kind of thing, huh? <laughs> I have a fun little sidebar off of that. So there's there were a couple of photos in the the AP database or not AP Getty in mm-hmm. this one. Yeah, and it was him in the the ski mask, balaclava, whatever you want to call it. And I put one as a title picture for a Lions Wire column and. The editorial staff maybe yank it. I got called from like way above. Like you can't put that on there. Um, we we can't run that as a feature photo. I'm like really. So uh, it'll be interesting if there's a lot of those and a lot of people in those this weekend. Uh, if my higher ups uh, have to ad- adapt, we're talking about adapting. They would have to adapt to that too. Yeah. Because uh, uh, I would love to see it personally. I think I think it's I think it's sweet. I think it's something that we haven't really seen in the NFL. And if we can make that our own, I like it. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. That's, it's fun. I just, the one thing, please fans, please idiots don't wreck this. Cause the, the one thing that could happen is the dumb could come out and and we don't want that. It's too early. It's too fun. It's too good of a point in the season to yeah. bring out the dumb. Take it dumb. off when you go into, take it off when you go into the restaurant or the gas station Probably a good idea to just like only put it on when you're at Ford Field or if it's exceptionally cold out. Yeah. You don't need to wear it like to to the rooftop bar and grill that's like right down the street across from Comerica. Like you don't don't do that. Yeah. Be smart about it. Don't 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 put yourself at any risk of any any untoward activity that you wouldn't want to be involved in. And uh, that that would invite it if you do think you know. 
And don't go you, in the subway and order your foot long and wearing your, your blue thing. Like if you see some, you're robbing them. If you see somebody doing stupid, stop it. The, the get some friends. Just stop it. Please don't let other people wreck the fun. Please yes. don't, don't get that rap. This is fun. This is fun. This is a lot of fun. And we're, we're in a position where we can have a lot of great fun. So please, please enjoy that. Uh, do it. Enjoy it. Embrace it. But have fun with it. Don't like be it. stupid. Don't wreck, like it. It. don't wreck it. Don't wreck it. All right. Really let's like uh, warm ups are over. I'm warm. I got my pull up off. My pants are down. We had a great week. The Detroit Lions. BTFO. The Kansas City Chiefs. I don't care if it was one point. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. Those motherfuckers were Super Bowl champions. And we, they were putting the banner up. And we took them out. We won. And I, brother, I was sitting in a hotel in New York alone, right? Because I couldn't watch it with anybody. The nerve, I was, I woke up, I swear (laughs) to God, the entire floor and maybe the one above and below. I was off the hook excited. That was such a fun game. All the shenanigans. And this is, this is something we'll talk about a couple times, but we mentioned it last week. Man, that was the last, after the last preseason game, if asking people, did you feel the shift in the timeline where that play for against Carolina, the call went against them for fumbling it out of bounds. We got the ball back. He won the game. All that, all the shenanigans with the guy lining up as a halfback, the right tackle lining up as a halfback. I just, I mean, all of that going on. And I just never felt that existential fear that I've had so many years prior as a Lions fan. There was it was a completely different sense watching this game. It was celebratory. It was it was a sense of confidence and, and maybe it's undeserved, but the, I just I absolutely enjoyed the shit out of this game. And, and I didn't have a, that, like I said, the existential sense of dread never popped its head. You know, I I'm, I'm kind of with you on that. And I talked about it in the, in the little post game video that I shot. Um outside at midnight because I was, I was pretty darn excited. Um, and so it's funny, after I recorded that, my neighbor actually, who I was trying not to wake up, actually came over. He was sitting out in his garage firing one up and uh, he wanted to talk a little bit of lines. So that was fun too. Firing one what? Yeah, I, um, um, marijuana because that's legal in Michigan these wow, days. look at that. Not my thing, but to each their own. Uh, he's a good dude. Uh, so I was like, like I said, I, I kind of hinted at it at the video, but I never really felt like it was out of control or like, how are we going to lose this? It was more about like, how are we going to win this game? Because I, yes. I didn't know how we were going to win. Right. But I, I, I felt like we had football karma on our side for all the crap that they let Jawan Taylor get away with. And just you know, doing, doing things the right things. You know, if you go for that, that fake punt, going for it that early like that that throws it down that you're there to win you're not you're not playing to not lose you're playing to win and that's something that that Aaron Glenn specifically has talked about both on and off the record it's like I'm not I'm not here to just not lose I'm here to win and that that is a different mindset it's a different mentality it's something yeah. that that the late great Kobe Bryant used to talk about like I'm not so I'm not worried about losing I'm just worried about winning and I want to go like back- that yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I want to go back to Hard Knocks and Aaron Glenn. It came up in the in the Slack. Uh, Fab brought it up, I believe. Um, Aaron Glenn talked about players that had came in, had come in, and mm-hmm. they were used to winning. And they knew what yeah. winning felt like. And they expected to win. That was what they – I just want to say that that mentality – and it's, it's Fab said it, and it's right. We talked about it, like I said, in the Slack – 
it feels like that mentality has just been injected into the veins of this coaching staff, these players from top to bottom. They were not afraid of those lights. They did not wilt no. at all. Toe to toe with the Super Bowl champions when they hung the banner and they expected to win. That I'm, This is a different yeah. look. This team ends the season in the playoffs. They lose the first playoff game, whatever. I want them to win it, I, whatever. There's an absolute change in Detroit. I don't care who you are or what you think of the team or how much of a turd biscuit you want to be and a troll of other people. This is 100% a different Detroit Lions team than we have ever seen. This attitude. Uh, last piece. We went back. Jared Goff talked about the gut punches will stop. And you remember Tory laughing yeah. at him? Did you remember all the people? Oh, you you just not been a lion long enough. You don't know the gut punches. I think might have stopped. Jared Goff was right, and he deserves his flowers on that one. He was confident, and he said it, and he's making it happen, baby. I, this is a different team. It's a different team. Yeah, and <laughs> you got to give Goff a little bit because he's a guy. He went to a program at Cal. We'll do this quickly. That wasn't known for football, wasn't yes. known for winning. And he didn't win a lot, but he won more than anybody had there in a while since some guy who's now got a bad Achilles <laughs> and lived up to that pressure very well of, of elevating that program for a little bit. And he went to the Rams and his rookie season, he went 0-7 and the team was terrible. Jeff Fisher was their coach. I mean, <laughs> you, you could, couldn't even get to the 7-9 and nine BS, but... Uh, so he's got he's got the experience and the understanding of how to rise up, how to go to a team, because he's done that. And like not a lot of guys have had that experience. And, and it, that's one of the reasons why actually I think Anthony Richardson had a nice debut for the Colts this past weekend, because he understood he went to a program. I know UF typically wins, but he wasn't used to winning in college. He he was used to having to work to create the winner. Yep. And I think that that mentality worked him very well. But now, Chris, to your point and what we talked about in the Slack today, all the guys who come from big winning programs that are expecting the great things. And it also it, it also comes from guys like C.J. G.J., who came from an Eagles team that was in the Super Bowl, that's had a lot of success. Uh, and you saw, you know, Cam Sutton coming from the Steelers, a team that's they never they, they don't have losing seasons. They just don't like that is also there. And that's a very real thing. And I, I, I think that we kind of got a feel for that a little bit in, in training camp and the preseason and talking to those guys and, and watching them interact with their peers. Like, don't just say you're good. Like, expect it. And you see that. You saw that in Kansas City. They were not in awe. They were not watching that banner go up or whatever, unfurl. And they, they, un, they unleashed the thing. And they weren't like – Oh man, that's really cool. like, yeah, we're next, and you could you could feel that over the like I watched it on TV like y'all did like I I felt that, and you you felt it in the in the comments after the game, and, and that's one of the reasons why I love CJGJ so much with the, the whole you know ski mask and everything like that's he, he did something else that's, too besides that's, besides the ski mask he brought up he said he had a he had a quote talking about how ruthless. Lions fans were the most ruthless in the sport. This is a guy. Look, he's on the field. He's talking shit. We saw him talking to Amani. We saw him talking to a couple players on the Jags and the in the in the joint practices, and it was fun and it was all that stuff. 
he knows how to get people going, whether they're fans, yes, whether they're teammates, whether they're opposition teams, he knows how to get people amped. And I am all about, look, again, ruthless and ski masks. Some people can take that in a really, really dumb way. Please don't do that. Please don't wreck this. Please don't wreck this. Let people enjoy it. Have fun with it. Let us have fun and enjoy. But he knows what's up, man. When he talks about ruthless fans, he is absolutely right. And I, we've talked about it when the lions do win it all. And when we'll start, start with winning the division, when the lions win the division, be ruthless, rub their face in it, grind their soul to the ground or to the boot of the lion, the paw of the lion, whatever. When they win the NFC, don't be, don't be kind, grind their face in it, grind it in them. And when they take the Super Bowl, you be the most egregious a-hole winner fan there ever was. You get your year. You all get a year. Take advantage of it and enjoy it because you earned it. And you deserve it. And CJGJ embodies that attitude. And I freaking love it. I freaking love it. He, he absolutely does. I'll just share this. I, I spent the last few days in the presence of Packers fans, quite a bit of Packers fans, more than Lions fans, although there were a lot of Lions fans where I was at too. But, and I said at, at dinner on Monday night, I said, you know what? I apologize for Lions. We're going to be obnoxious. We're going to celebrate this. And, and both the guys that I was sitting with, they're like, yeah, you should. Like, you've earned <laughs> this, man. So I, I, I even think that they get it. Yeah. So, yep. and, you know, I I tend to only be obnoxious, you know, but I can choose my spots. And I'm going to choose more of those um, when I when the Lions taste that success. I, I, I will, you know, go back to the Texans and the Browns when I covered them, when they have some success, like, their fans got chesty and they got loud and obnoxious, and I appreciated that. And for the team that I'm passionate about, when that happens, you better believe I'm going to do it too. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll be, I'll be somewhat gracious. Just that's, I that's just how I approach things in in competition. You know, you you be a good winner, act like you've won before, um, and act like you've lost before. But I haven't won before, Chris. I want to celebrate that a little bit, and I want and I want people to understand how important it is. That this team is doing what they're doing and yeah. uh, they're destined for they're destined for very good things this year. Uh, knock on wood. But, I, uh, this, this is a good football team. I think about very the, good football. Team. The post game shows we've had to do over the years. And like I was counting the win loss record, man. You don't know how hard it is on the second week of December, you know, a week after doing the 24 hour show Showing up on a Sunday after a Matt Patricia, another Matt Patricia blowout to try to do the therapy session. You know how bad I needed therapy, you guys, <laughs> you yeah. guys and gals. Do you know how bad I needed? And we had to come in. It was it was hard. There was times, man, what it was, was like. Tough, but it's like now it's it's all it's all worth it, bro. It all feels so good. And I just I just don't want it to end. I don't want it to end. You know, you bring that up, and I, I, it reminds me of doing the the Sunday morning show that Jim Costa, who's now at ninety seven one in, in Detroit, and I used to do in Grand Rapids. Um, and like, when you're three and ten, like, there's only so much you can do to hype it up. And you know, we had to do two hours live radio. <laughs> oh man, like, it was it was hard. Um, I I I can't wait to be a little chesty. Um, around other NFL fans because I yep. think that's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, and we've earned it. We have yeah. earned it. 
I got we got combat sack. It's week one, boys. Calm the farm. No. This uh, yeah, is the time get, to celebrate. Get, this is the time. All our hopes no, and dreams no, of the preseason, like all the hopes and the dreams of the preseason, uh, and we got something to believe in after beating the Super Bowl chance. Look, if we come crashing down, I'm not sure we will, but if we come crashing down after the week two game, that's okay. I don't care. This right now, we beat the Super Bowl champs in their house on banner raising night. F it. Enjoy it. You deserve it. You deserve it. <laughs> we did it with defense, and we did it with a rookie making a big play. Yeah. That's how, how infrequent to say that. And to me, the big thing is, is that how you ended last season, beating the Packers in Green Bay, ruining Aaron Rodgers' departure, um, what, what unfortunately might be the last full game that he ever played. The last pat, pass caught in a game by Kirby Joseph that Aaron Rodgers has had, you know. That's caught. right. And, and it could very well wind up being that way in perpetuity. And then you go in, and and people were pretty excited about that. Like, okay, that's a great way for the Lions to end. Let's see what they can do off of it. What did they do off of it? They went into Kansas City, and they beat Patrick Mahomes with a, with a rookie making a pick six that decides <laughs> the game. They do a fake punt from their own 17 early in the game. If that doesn't show that this is a new Detroit Lions team, I don't know, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that Brian Branch, that was the one spot where I was like, oh God. When they got the second score at the end of the 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 second or the first half, knowing they're getting the ball back in the second half, I'm like, just hold them to three. Just hold them to three. We can do yeah. this. And yep. Branch comes up huge. It was like that was the moment in my head where I was like, We're gonna win this game. We're gonna win this MF and game. I just knew it at that point and rode the fun. The rest of it, it was so weird. It's can you imagine being a Patriots fan all those years and just sitting back and saying, oh, we're going to win this. I know. I mean, no biggie. Oh, you know, who cares? We be, we came back from what was it, 20 to three against the Falcons for the Super Bowl. We're going to win. Who cares? Like to be able to be that comfortable, no matter what point in the game, we've never, ever had that. Oh, it was it was fun. It was fun. All right. Let's do a little talk about the officiating in the game. Because that was a big point of uh, is is a big point yes. of of, of yes, pride of for the NFL this week. My oh my oh my! my. Um, this is this is this is this. Uh, I'm going to talk about it when we go around the NFL because there's something I saw that was that was huge. But the the offensive lineman lining up as a fullback was <laughs> he's now moved back even further than the formation uh, is it was, was insane to me was absolutely nuts. And we saw it and saw it and saw it. One of the things I wonder is because we, we saw them, they showed it, showed it in the replay was he would come up in the line in a run play and he would line up in the backfield on a pass play. And I was wondering if the lions were like, you know what? We're just going to be okay with that. Until it really starts causing problems. If things get out of hand, then we're going to start talking to the refs. And they waited until the end and they just scrambled the Chiefs' eggs at the right time that just took them off their game. Again, when those things happen to the Lions, those kinds of calls, the Lions would fold in the old days. They would just fold, right? Is this something? Did they leverage something like that to, to like I said, scramble the eggs of the Chiefs at the wrong moment and cause them to, 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 to trip? When they needed to run. I don't know. I don't I don't want to put like I know Campbell's a smart guy and I know he's a gamer. I'll I'll, I'll believe that. I'll just take that to my, you know, make me feel good. <laughs> but that was allowing that and not making that a point of emphasis. The Lions had to know it. Someone on that team on that sideline noticed that and they didn't make it a point of emphasis for the refs. There has to be a reason. And I think they understood that 
being tipped off to whether the play was going to be a run or a pass was important. And yeah. I actually looked this up. I actually just looked this up because I wanted to make sure that I got the number right. So first and 10, the Chiefs' first carry on first and 10 of the night, they got six yards. After that, they had six more carries on first down. They gained 11 yards on those six carries. Mm. You have to think that that being tipped off by J. Juan Taylor, Jawan Taylor lining up as a slot receiver, as Chris Collinsworth called him on the broadcast, like, <laughs> like he he was clearly fed up. Um, who's the 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 guy in the booth? Um, their their official guy, and I can't think of his name. Hmm. Was like apoplectic. Uh, Terry McCauley. Terry McCauley. Yeah, Terry. McCauley. Yeah, Terry McCauley. Yeah, he was he was just like I don't know how they're getting away with this. I don't know why this is a you know, gross injustice to the Detroit Lions, but they made it work for them. That's very different. That's that's oh. taking taking what could be a disadvantage and turning it into a competitive advantage. Oh, he's lined up back there. Guess what? They're they're going to pass. Maybe we can do some things a little bit different here. Here, you can see the the signaling from the Lions, like Hutch and and Pascal and and those guys, like signaling one another. Like, yep, yep, we got okay. No, you know what to do. Like that's that's the sign of a disciplined team. And I think that they did use it to their advantage because you're putting Patrick Mahomes at second and nine, second and ten all the time when they're used to being in second and four, second yeah. and five. Yeah. It's a massive advantage for your team. And the Lions did that very well. And I wonder, so now now Kansas City goes into to Jacksonville this week. Jacksonville can also bring the heat. We know that. that that's a very good football team down yes. there. Yes, I wonder if they're going to be upset that the Lions pointed it out. Because I think one of the things that's going to happen, I, I'm going to trust that Andy Reid is a good enough coach to point out to Juwan Taylor, like, dude, you've got to at least start in the same spot on every play. You can't, do, you can't be doing this BS <laughs> where you're lined up in line and tight when we're running, and then you're dropped back as a, a slot receiver when we're passing. Like, no more of that. Or try to use it to his advantage and do some chicanery out of it. Like, they could very well do that. But it's a shift in the props timeline. Props to the Lions for doing how they did it because it helped their defense. By the Kansas City offense getting away with cheating, effectively, they didn't let him get away with it. And that 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 to me, that's another signification that this Lions unit is different. There's something different about this team, and it I mean that in a very good way. It's a shift in the timeline. We would have yeah. folded with that kind of cheating going on. We would have melted down as a team, and they didn't. They used it to their advantage. They found a way to turn it into a way to win, or even a reason to win. Right, Hutch was working all game his job was was always i mean it's hard to be a defensive end let's be honest none of the no positions easy in the nfl it's hard though because you are running you're a big boy and you're you're swim you're spin you're like you have all your bull rushing you are pulling everything you've got to get around these guys it's you're doing the work i'm not saying they're not working but it's a lot harder to get around one of those guys than it is to try to stop somebody from moving just from an effort perspective and then you give a guy like an advantage now it feels like as a defensive end you're trying to get uphill to get to that guy, right? It's even harder. And Hutch never, never got angry, never let on, just grinded and grinded. And he was right there so many times. Brother, people, I, I saw it. Uh, someone said he would have had, uh, he would have had three sacks in that game. And I agree, but it's almost better that he didn't get those numbers. It's almost better because we still wreaked havoc in the backfield. We still 
it was a different kind of practice for him. It was a harder kind of practice at the pro level for Hutch. He's going to be better for it as a player for when guys do beat him when they're playing right. He's going to be better to recover and get around him. And it just it became a thing where they could all mature and overcome and beat it anyway. I think that's really, really important for this team. I love, I, I love the fact that they didn't whine to the refs. We all did. Yep. And oh, God. I, deservedly so. Um, and, and for the people who were trying to defend Juwan Taylor, but like, he's allowed to time the snap and he, he does, he does. I will give him credit. He times it very well, but you can't bounce your front foot. You can't dip your shoulder before the snap. That's a legal procedure. He did that almost, I won't say every time, but almost every time he was guilty of that. You're, you're allowed to adjust that back foot. And you can you can time that kid off, and he's good at it. Yeah, but he got away with some illegal procedures or illegal shifts, or the one that I always harp on. And if you read my stuff at Real GM, you'll know that this really bothers me. He never gets set, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I hate that they never call that. I hate that that's not yeah. called more. That's actually something that Taylor Decker used to do when he was young, and it used to bother <laughs> me. He grew out of it, thankfully, and uh, we'll talk more about Decker in a minute. But. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I I will say, I think that the officiating crew that gets Detroit now is also going to be looking like, okay, like we've been made aware. And Dan, very artfully after the game, said, I'm not talking about it. And that, that's good. But you can bet that he's talked about it with because they do meet the officials beforehand. Like they have their little pregame thing and points of emphasis. And you better believe that came up. Oh, yeah. They'll be looking for it. Well, yeah. We'll get into the well. We'll get into the officiating when we do the preview. But I think I think that's a that's a good point. We'll we'll get into. That. I want to go back to what Combat Sack said about this being the um uh the 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 uh the first game of the season. Let's not get off the off the rocker. Look, I've said this a million times. Week one is fool's gold. You don't know what you really have. Yes. You're coming out of a preseason. I don't how many snaps did Mahomes take in the preseason, right? I don't know. The offense never really uh, in, on Detroit never got a chance to sink in the preseason and was playing against the 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 Patriots defense. Yeah, Chris Jones wasn't there. Yeah. It doesn't mean their defense stinks. It doesn't mean anything of the sort. They have a great defense. And we played they, against it and they're a tough yes. defense. Um yes, they do. <laughs> and yeah, and, and and that's that. We have a great offensive line. Hey, could they have had more pressure? Maybe. But it was the fool's gold kind of offense. I ain't crapping on any parades, though. I don't care about 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 week one, fool's gold, anything, because we came out and played a very, very um, comprehensive game. Both sides of the ball, special teams, the fake punt. The team didn't just luck into anything. The team earned it and they played it. They were unflappable. They played very mature, way more mature than the, the youth of this team and the age of this team. The team came out and did really, really great things. That's not fool's gold. That's not lucking into some goofy call and bounce ball bounces and, you know, whatever. We played a competent game against a competent team. We're happy to be missing a couple guys, but I don't care. Good work on the Detroit Lions this week. Very, very good work. All right. All right. Um, no, no, no. No asterisk. <laughs> no, no. Offense and defense. It's interesting where things ended up. We did play the team that raised the Super Bowl banner. We talked about this 
ahead of the season, Riz. And I was, we talked about our rankings in offense and defense. I think it was even last week um, where you were higher on the defense than you were on the offense. I was a little higher on the offense than I was on the defense. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they both played kind of right in between where we tagged them. That defense was significantly improved as we both thought it would be uh, closer to what you thought it would be. The offense. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Ken F for your donation to the St. Jude. Appreciate you. St. Jude.org slash DLP. Um, $50 there. Um, the, the 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 offense the defense they 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 played close to where we thought they would Def- offense probably wasn't as good as we expected you had thought about a fall off i still think it's week one i don't think that they've really had a chance to gel yet we'll see more this week will be a better tale i think on the offense but they were absolutely competent and they played against a very very good team in a very competent way i'm i'm despite the win Right. If it had been a one point difference the other way and we'd have lost the game, I would have been happy with how our offense and defense played against the team that they were facing against week one on the road. I, I, I think that this is this bodes very well for this team. And, and think about one of the narratives going into the game was that Dan Campbell can't get his team ready to play early. Um, they've had the wretched starts both seasons. Yep. Kind of buried that narrative, didn't he? <laughs> it did. It absolutely did. It it, it crushed it. <laughs> All the people that were complaining about how they you know they didn't play in the preseason starters, never saw the field, worked out okay. I'm going to say that that's probably more um, correlational than causational, but Shh. yeah. There's 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 the chicken or the egg argument. Either way, something's somebody's got a shell. Yeah. Um, this is a good one. Hodges. Somebody mentioned that in the past, it would have taken a perfect game to beat an opponent like the chiefs. This team ground out a win while playing a B minus game on offense. And I think that's absolutely true. Yeah. It's a great, great point. Um, I said it after the game. I, I thought Ben Johnson was probably the worst lion in part because he was leaning so heavily on Marvin Jones, who was the worst lions player in the yeah, game. Yeah. I, the, ben Johnson did not have a great game. He redeemed himself very nicely late that last drive where he's like, you know what? We're just going to ram it down their throats. And they did it. And David Montgomery was, was very great in that. Like, it's like he realized, okay, I don't need to do all this window dressing crap. You block who's in front of you. You block who's in front of you. You block who's in front of you. Push them backwards. David, go. Game winning touchdown. Yeah. Just like that. Ash had a great one of his daily DLPs this week. And Ash is really upped his game this week. I I love it because he continuously, he's a continuous improvement guy. He's, he's done a state of the union refresh and he started again this week. I love what he's doing with this. He had a really great analysis on the yards kind of adjusted, just instead of looking at blank stats or straight stats, adjusted yards and how good David Montgomery actually was this game. Oh, three and a half yards of carry. Yep. First down every three carries, right? That's, that's that David Montgomery is everything we expected him to be. I'll, I'll say uh, David Montgomery, as a matter of fact, was the same run that Jamal would have. Montgomery got two to three yards more every single time. When we talked about it, when we picked him up and we're looking at the highlight reels and and what the lions were saying about having played him the year before that he's so hard to bring down your hand and you can't quite take him down. I saw that over and over and over against the chiefs, just such a great 
runner. Love Jamal. Love Jamal. But Montgomery, yes, absolutely. He is him, dude. He is him. I. He's he is different. exactly that kind of running back that a, a Dan Campbell wants and, a, and a, a, a Ben Johnson wants to anchor that running game. Beautiful job from Monty out there. Absolutely fantastic. It was it was so good down the stretch, and you could feel there was a lot of consternation about Jamar Gibbs, and we'll probably talk about that too. But the usage for this game, I think called for more of what David Montgomery provided. Uh, you know, they're missing their top interior run stuffer. Yep. They have good linebackers. Like, they're, they're li- I, th- I think we all in Lions Lane will agree their linebackers are pretty good, even though if you don't, might not necessarily know who their name was. And their, their defensive backs, they're smart. One of the things that I like, to, to shift a little bit here, the Lions always talk about having smart, intelligent football players. Yeah. You look at the Kansas City Chiefs, like I know Justin Reed. I've I've talked to Justin Reed. I, I actually transcribed his combine interview back in the day. That dude's freaking brilliant. Like he is very, very smart off the field. And I know a couple of the other guys on that team. They're really smart guys off the field, and it shows in the way that they play. And the Lions are emulating that and but also carving their own path with it. And I think that's a, a side thing that I took away from it was that's still a good Chiefs football team. That's still a team that's going to win a lot. And now that Chris Jones is back, probably going to win a lot soon. Yeah. And I'm glad that we got them when we did, but I'm not going to apologize for taking that. There ain't no asterisk there. That's a one and oh, baby. Yep. I'm, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm all about that. And the fact that they did it in a way where it didn't feel flukish, it didn't feel weird. Like this was a game that a lot of people expected was going to be close. And a lot of people thought that the Chiefs would pull out because they have the experience. You know, they have Patrick Mahomes, the MVP, arguably the greatest player of this generation. They have they have talent aside from Kelsey and, and Jones who weren't playing. Like yep. they still have a very good football team. That that's a playoff team even without those guys. And the Lions went in and got it done on the road early in the season where they've not had success in a very long time. I think 2017 was the last time that they were they were anywhere close to this. And that's Destroying narratives, baby. Let's just keep knocking them off. Let's, every negative narrative that you got about the Lions, let's keep dumping them. So let's go on the asterisk thing. I'll just tell you, this team is one and zero with an asterisk, but that asterisk is my asshole, and they can kiss it. <laughs> if you want to use your tech symbol, all right, there you go. Uh, I want to talk about the defense uh, again, Brian Branch. Oh my goodness, he is him as well, Brian Branch. We talked oh, about man. him very early in camp that oh, he was living up to, like he was living up to the why the f did people not pick him up? And then the last chance, big mistake, Green Bay Packers FTP, FTP to the chat, um, absolutely fantastic, just swinging a whiff on that trade. He's proved it. He is absolutely fantastic. What a what a great player. He's he played very very well out there. I, I just a rookie at that position doing so well is almost unheard of. I'm it's just almost unheard of. And he looks like a third year player starter on any NFL team easy out there playing just class. I just I I I love me some Brian Branch and I just I I gotta say. 
he was when we did my son was doing autographs after the the uh, um, the practices in uh, training camp. He was absolutely that fantastic dude when he was signing signing balls and doing the whole thing. Great, great guy. I wish him the very, very, very best. I am so excited that we've got him. That's a jersey that I would pick up. I was just, That's a jersey. I was just going to say, you're going to start seeing a lot of number 32 Brian Branch jerseys around <laughs> Detroit. Because aside from the fact that he's a good player, he's a genuinely good. If you watched his press conference, like he's humble. He was excitable. Like he was like, that's just got pick six of the holes, man. <laughs> like, like you can feel the sort of the wild-eyed rookie, but also then the savvy to back it up. And like, you know, I don't mean anything if I can't do it again. And yeah. I'll, I'll go back to his time in camp this summer when he and uh, Will Harris was also involved in it. So I got to give Will some credit too. But Starling Thomas had a, who's now with the Cardinals, had a very real holding problem. And it was pointed out to Starling a lot by the receivers of the Lions and the Giants and the Jaguars. And I saw Brian Branch, like, teaching him technique. This is a rookie teaching a fellow rookie technique and, and teaching him tricks of the trade on how to avoid getting penalized. Like, that's that's not something you see a lot. That That's the kind of dude that Brian Branch is. And just to go into the, the slack talking about dude speak, we got a dude there. We actually yeah. have two of them because he and CJ Carter Johnson, they play the same position, but they're both dudes enough that they don't they can play together. They can figure it out. They can play next to each other. They can rotate. They God, secondary's fun, man. The Ronin I, nine sorry, the Ronin ninety nine in the chat says we have a lot of hymns. And I think don't they do boner pills? <laughs> I think I've just Probably. found, I think I found there's our, our nickname in there somewhere. We got the hymns. <laughs> we, I, you know what? We've got a new sponsor. I got to work on them. You guys call them, tell them they need a sponsor. We got to get hymns in here because <laughs> that whole defense yeah. is hymns. <laughs> Two middle-aged hosts. We can, we can, we can work with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good, good stuff. Uh, love it. Offense, surprise bit, like we talked about, not as big off as, as we thought they would. I'm not concerned, but I definitely want to see more out of them this week. Uh, week one, fine. Week two, week three, I'm going to start hovering over that red button for, for panic on where's those points, what's going on. I'm not out on any of them yet. Week one, we'll see. I think Ben Johnson will have a better game this week. I do. I think he... I think he got a little too creative for his own britches. I think he did get predictable in down and distances specifically, like, oh, we're running this formation over there. The Chiefs knew it was coming. Yep. You saw that several times. Uh, and, Chris, we talked about this this offseason. One of the things that I was worried about was that defensive coordinators now have a book on him that they can read and study and learn from, and he's got to add new pages to that book. And I don't think he did a very good job of that in the first week. Yep. It doesn't mean that he won't do it against Seattle and going forward. But he's got some work to do, too. And I honestly, I think the humbling might be good for him because it will make him go back to basics and make him realize what made, I'm going to say what made me special, but it's really what made the offense special. And how do I keep expanding and pushing that horizon? Because I think he does have the talent to to work with that. I think the trust that he has in Jared Goff to execute what he's sending out to him and hopefully the receiving core is a little bit healthier this week and playing a little bit better. I think you're going to see some things out of Ben Johnson that, because one of the things that that the the analytics folks and the film junkies love is that he sets up plays out of the same formation all the time. That's, he yep. talked about with Panay catching the pass last year. Yep. Didn't really do much of that in the first week. Like 
it's like they're setting it up for down the road. And I I kind of disagree with the theory of doing that again in against Kansas City, but hey, it worked out. So <laughs> that's that's why that's why I'm sitting here yapping my gums and why he's gonna be a head coach soon. <laughs> I think that's I think we're gonna see Ben Johnson get back to being the Ben Johnson that we know and love this week. Yeah. I really yeah. do. Yeah, he is he is a very, very smart man. I'm not worried about him. Yes. Yes. All right. So we'll see. Um, look, don't hit the panic button on the offense. There's no reason to. We won, right? And they scored twenty one points against a great defense. Um and, and again they scored, they scored they scored fourteen. Brian Branch scored seven. Okay. Six. Or whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh, I'm not I'm I'm not I'm not in fear. I'm not living in fear. So there we go. Uh, let's let's answer. Oh, we're going to talk about that. We'll talk about that. Oh, you, you get me into the Antoine Green too early. They're done. All right. Let's move on to the next topic. Um, it is about. Well, it's still the same Kansas City Chiefs game topic, but it's an important topic. Jameer Gibbs, how he was used. Six forced. Again. Missed tackles, number one in the league, third highest graded halfback by PFF. Um, nine touches, nine, nine touches. Thump doesn't work. Nine touches. He Seven carries him. for forty-two yards. <laughs> two 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 receptions for eighteen yards. Yeah, not a bad night. Not decent debut. Not missed- what fantasy football folks were expecting. And I think that's honestly where a lot of the criticism is coming from is not necessarily from Lions fans, but much more from the fantasy community who trumpeted this guy is like, Oh, he's going to be phenomenal. You know, first, first one, one, he should be one of the top 10 running backs taken off the board. He's going to be explosive and everything. He, he will be, yeah. but he's not the only guy here. And the Lions are going to play the matchup game. What matchups worked against Kansas City, a team that has really fast linebackers that are good at getting outside? Oh, by the way, the defensive ends that they have, Karloftis, they're really good at sealing the blockers from getting out there so the linebackers can make those plays. I don't think that Ben Johnson didn't know that. I don't think that Dan Campbell didn't know that. Yep. This, Mal- this coming week, this, this coming week, you're seeing a, a Seattle defense that plays a lot more zone, a lot more passive defense. I think you're going to see more Jameer Gibbs taking advantage of that because the they load up to stop that inside run. But the outside run where, where the defensive backs have to get involved, a little tougher for them to do that. I, I think I, you're going to see a lot more Jameer Gibbs this week. And then all the fantasy people are like, oh, what do you do with David Montgomery? He was great in week one. Like, Kamate. Kamate. I think, I think you're going to see – you're right. But I think you're going to see to the Ben Johnson thing on the more passive defense. You're going to see him attack. You're going to see yes. ben, and, and I th- I think Ben's a little bit better against a passive defense than he is against the. Now Green Bay didn't overcommit one way or the other, and I think that's actually the best way to play against Ben Johnson. Um, a, a highly attacking defense, he will beat your ass. Uh, the Chiefs were. Doesn't I think, matter if you have one ass cheek and three toes. I will beat your ass. It does, if you are passive, he will. Doesn't it. matter if you have one <laughs> ass cheek and three toes. I will beat your ass. That's right. It's pretend it. it's bad. Pretend it's bad. He will. He will absolutely beat your ass. Um, they the, the Chiefs played probably the best anti Ben defense that you can play. And they, they blitzed a lot, and they also blitzed creatively, like. Again, tip your hat to the opponent. That's a really good football team that the Lions just beat. And they, they showed it. Yeah. 
And the Lions, by doing what they did, also showed that they're a very good football team and yes. can play a long time this year. And that's Malcolm. If, said, if that's not your takeaway from week one, go back and watch the game again. Malcolm made a really, really great point. And um, Gibbs has a tutty. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> Gibbs had a tutty if the turf monster didn't get him. He will be more. And that's that's absolutely yeah, he did. Uh, and it was a rookie. He was super excited. You saw it, right? I mean, it was it was his it's feet like, were going a thousand yeah. miles an hour, man. His <laughs> head was going faster than those crazy feet, too. Right. It was like ah! it was insane. He had that. And I know he wants it back. But he did like I saw uh, there's an absolute trip that didn't didn't get called of a Kansas City player yes. trying to t- trying to tackle him. Um, there was all they were doing everything. He is going to be a real freaking problem. In the NFL, he is an offensive weapon. He is a rookie played game one. I am not worried. Jameer Gibbs is going to be a ton of fun. And I don't care if he doesn't win your fantasy games for you, particularly because I don't have him in one of my leagues. But <laughs> he, in compliment with Montgomery, in compliment with the rest of that offense, is going to be a real fucking problem. And I love it. Uh, I also have to thank Steve from Michigan for his $100 for St. Jude. Thank you, brother. Appreciate that. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. Uh, up to 430 right now. Total uh, season for St. Jude. stjude.org slash DLP. You can donate. It is fully tax deductible. All right. Good start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, anything else about Gibbs you wanted to kick out there, my my man, Mr. Riz? Um, just that I... Um, I'm not at all worried about him. I think he's going to be great. I thought I liked what I saw from him. The the two big plays that he got came at critical times. It's clear that Ben Johnson and Dan Campbell trust him to execute his when needed. And I'll just say that look at DeAndre Swift's line in Philadelphia for one. Just do it. Yep. Go do it. Go do it now because uh, it won't take long. It won't take long. All right. Um, see, people saying Gibbs looked like um, DeAndre Swift. What a weapon. He was more physical than best. Um, yeah, I, I think he has the best of, of, of best and more. So I'm excited with uh, Jameer Gibbs. All right, let's get into the next topic. NFL week one over now, nah, just overall reactions, game reactions here. I was gonna say overreactions. Um, the one thing I want to talk about, I want to go to, I want to go to um, officiating really quick because we talked about um, right tackle playing fullback and uh, punter and whatever else he was lined up as. Um, the other thing that happened in just about every game that I seem to watch this week was there were false freaking starts everywhere i don't know if the off officials decided to tell the teams that we are de-emphasizing movement on the offensive line this season but it was egregiously bad it was i'm, I'm not even joking it was high school football level bad movement on the offensive line and it continued to go uncalled in just about every game i watch i was just stunned at how bad that was you know, I'll, I'll tack on it. They also didn't do a very good job of watching the defense. If you talk to Cincinnati Bengals fans, they will tell you that the Browns were offsides a crap ton. Yeah, they were. Yep, <laughs> didn't matter yep, yep, because yep, Joe yep. Burrow got yanked because he sucked. And my Browns Browns defense came to play. They were my fantasy defense this year. They uh, 
Tell you what, Zadarius Smith going from Green Bay, weakening the Packers and strengthening what he does across from Miles Garrett. It's like James Houston across from from Hutchinson. Like it's not going to happen all all the time, but when that when you get that one on one, it's going to create opportunities for your best player to be that much better. And uh, that's you know, James Houston. I think he had the one play where he was grabbing on to. To Holmes' legs, almost got the sack. Like that's that's great, great rep from him. Um, was glad to see that he got some work. Josh Pascal played very well on the defense. Yeah. yeah, but the officials officials were. So I did not get a chance to watch a lot of football closely on Sunday. I watched the Packers Bears game on my phone. Um, I was in an airport, and in Chicago actually. <laughs> and, uh, um, so I didn't. I didn't have a lot to say about the the officials there. I, I will say that the Bears desperately need a new offensive coordinator because Luke Ketsy, you ain't it, buddy. Holy, you are terrible. not it, man. Look, I feel bad for the Giants. I, I got. I would. I, I wanted to laugh at the Bears. I actually feel bad for them because, I, but I don't. But I do. But no, I don't. It either. was a disaster. What a shite show. This is one of those things where I think. Fields might very well just be finished because of where he was drafted and the incompetence that surrounded him. He looks like he could be a good quarterback and could have been a good quarterback with decent coaching. I think of uh, Okuda as another example of a player who came out and got wrecked in the NFL by shit coaches. Um, I really feel like Justin Fields is that kind of guy. Look, I don't feel bad for the Bears. I don't feel bad for the Bears fans. Bears fans deserve that and more. But I don't know that Justin Fields does. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know that he does as a, as a human being or as a guy who spent his whole he's, life he's crafting in a situation his, where, his craft. Yeah, he's in a situation where he really is, he can't really win. Now, he does not help himself, and I think that's that's a fair counter for all the people that are like, oh, you, you don't defend like. Yeah, he, he also didn't play well on his own outside of the structure, but good Lord, that's a really bad offense. Like, design like and we as lions fans we we know bad offensive coordinators we know bad scheme design when we see it we live through joe lombardi we live through mike martz every play scores a touchdown yeah yeah except when they don't coach (laughs) like like we know we know ourselves some ineffective coordinators and mismatch like you know what what's what's ben johnson great at designing an offense that the personnel that he's got can do that ain't happening in Chicago. Not happening in New York either, but that's uh, my takeaway from watching the, the Cowboys and the Giants was that Dallas is really damn good. <laughs> I think that's probably the best takeaway from that. Yes. That's a really good football team in Dallas. I didn't expect uh, and all that And they also matched them. up well. But. I, I expected the normal Dallas clown show. That's really, really what I expected out of them. And not. that is not there. I'm hoping it all unravels by week nine, which is kind of their, their MO. And it could. Yeah. For a yeah, little good. Yeah. Um, um, Levi. She'll dig in 90 from day one. He has been a, a, a watcher listener of the show when we were all audio back in the days of case. Good to see you, Levi. I love you, brother. Sweet. What's the ceiling on Jack Campbell? I'm scared to say he reminds me of Brian Urlacher with his height instincts and speed. That's that's too much for me. Um, you think Urlacher is too much for can, Okay, Just I do. I think, I think we're going to see a guy this weekend and Bobby Wagner. He could be like that. I'm not going to say that he's going to be – because Bobby Wagner's phenomenal. 
Bobby Wagner is a legitimate Hall of Fame candidate, and I do not want to put that on Jack Campbell. But the instincts you saw on the play where he he came off the coverage and, and darn near got an interception the play before Branch got his interception, we saw that a lot in camp. There are things that he has to do. His path to the football in the run game has to improve, and that's something that's going to get challenged by Seattle. You better believe it. But he is a really smart, instinctive, and very hyper-athletic player. And when he puts those two hands together, and he has at times, when he's putting those hands together all the time, he's going to be real good. Yeah. <laughs> real good. Yeah. I'm, again, I'm not going to say that he can be Bobby Wagner, but he can be Bobby Wagner-like. And I think we're all going to be happy with it. Um, really quick, got uh someone calling the shot here. What's James Houston's ceilings where his? <laughs> he actually he actually put Foghorn there. So just so you know. <laughs> oh, nice! He was calling Good the idea. shot completely. <laughs> so the thing that I'm encouraged about with James Houston, and I, I, I did this in in the Giants preseason game and the Panthers preseason game. His run defense was really solid. And that's the ticket to get him get on the field. And he wasn't making tackles, but he was stacking the edge. He wasn't getting caught in the wash. He was setting the hard edge so the linebackers behind the complete, which is exactly what Aaron Glenn wants him to do on run plays, by the way. Yep. I thought that portended very well for him to get more reps. Now, the problem is, is that he's got guys ahead of him that can play. You know, Charles Harris did not have a great game. Um, and it, I, I, I worry about that, quite frankly. Yep. Josh Pascal was great. John Kaminsky was great. He was great in that game. Yeah, yeah. Like, the, and that's the thing is, like, you're taking somebody else who's really good off the field to play Houston, and Houston to this point is still very hit or miss. He's getting better at it, and I, I hope that they give him more chances to show what he can do in non-obvious and obvious non-passing situations. Like, let him be out there on first and ten. We didn't yeah. really see that. Yep. I would like for him to be more than a sub-package player, but to this point, the Lions don't need him to be that, and they don't have to learn that he can't be that guy the hard way. And that goes back to talking about you know Brian Branch not having to start as a rookie. You're not having to play guys more and and expect have higher level of expectations for guys with, than what they're comfortable with. And I think James Houston is comfortable being what he's now, but he's hungry enough to try and go get more. Yeah. Um, yeah. As, as far as a pass rusher. He's he's so fast. He does have to work on on strength, and he has to work on counters because if he doesn't win with his first move, he's still kind of. But that's not uncommon for a young pass rusher. That's yeah. he, he's going to be a guy that's going to be a problem. Um, he is the problem, and I'd he will like, continue to be that. I like to bring it back to the division a little bit. We saw Green Bay beat Chicago. I. I have a hard time saying Green Bay beat Chicago because both teams looked like ass. I think it was just a little spackled ass over there in Green Bay, to be honest with you, because Chicago was so bad. I want to take the next divisional game, though, and really put this out there for folks, because this was a surprise. This could very well be fool's gold or this could be the one point differential starting to turn its eye, turn its its ugly rear, its ugly, in our case, beautiful head. Um, Tampa Bay just ball dragged. The Minnesota wow. Vikings, completely unexpected. Tampa with, yes. with, I mean, your hero as a quarterback, Baker Mayfield, your absolute hero. You were <laughs> sad the Lions didn't pick him up. Um, what? Like five minutes, I won't say. What <laughs> the holy cow, man. 
That game was absolutely unexpected. Minnesota, again, potential fool's gold here. But if this trend is real with all three of these teams, can I just put a stamp on the division right now? Can I just say, fuck them, we got this? Because what I saw in week one, brother, I I would love to be able to do that. I can't. I, I can't do that. I, I just can't, but I, I would love to do that. I will say this about Baker Mayfield. When you doubt Baker Mayfield is when he's got you. That's when he's at his best all the time, going back to high school. That's when, when the expectations are there for him, he wilts. When he's got machines to rage against, he's rocking, baby. And Mike Evans, by the way, you saw in that game why – the Buccaneers are not trading Mike Evans. End of conversation. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. that should end any. It's like, who's going to win the AFC or the NFC South? Why not Tampa Bay? Yeah, I don't think there it wasn't the Raiders, great. or I mean, it wasn't the Saints. Sorry, it wasn't the Saints. Carolina. No. <laughs> Carolina, they're young. They got some work to do. Atlanta, I think they have a shot. I actually picked Atlanta. I picked Atlanta to win the division, so I, I, I still will lean with them. But they're, they were a little iffy too. Yep. Um, yep. Again, week one, fool's gold. You got to remember that, and do not. And my, my, my advice to all you people who like to bet on games: don't overreact to week one, because weird things happen then, yep. and they, they, it could wind up going back to the way you expected things. It could wind up being, you know. A, a path that you didn't expect you were there. Who's that unexpected team this year that suddenly, you know, races out to being seven and one Detroit aside from Detroit, aside from Detroit. <laughs> of course I did pick, the, I did pick Detroit to be zero and two and I'm happy, to, very happy to be wrong about that. But like, who's, who's going to be that surprise team? Like, could it be Atlanta? Could it be there's Washington? They, could it be, Atlanta's like, capable. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's some, could be Cleveland. I actually wouldn't bet against Cleveland on that, but, uh, right. Well, here you go. I'll, I'll just throw this. You're, you look at uh, what you have overall. You've got the Browns, the Jags, the Raiders, and Lions all 1-0 and in the first week of the season. That's never happened before. That's never happened Literally before. Literally never happened NFL. before. Yeah. yeah. In the history of the NFL. So, so I will go back to the, the three teams that I've covered for the, the NFL wires. I've covered the Texans, the Browns, and the Lions. And I've been there since the, the end of the 2016 season. Those three teams have all won in the same week twice mm. since 2016. Dang. Houston um, couldn't hold up their end of the bargain. They were close, though. Like, they're, they're, they know they're not good. But, yeah. That's, um, that's, behind the fiends in the 80s when my mom worked at a hotel in North Carolina, the Lions offensive tackle Chris Dietrich used to stay at the offseason and go fishing. Such an amazing fellow and been a Lions fan ever since. Behind the fiends, thank you for that super chat. Lions have historically had quality people on the team. And I really love what we've done now to bring quality people in and quality players that are quality people. Really, really awesome to see. Easy to make. Brian Branch is a great example. Yep. Easy to be a fan of a team like that. Um, Baker turns disrespect into fuel the same way Justin Fields turns open wide receivers into a scramble from the pocket. (laughs) Absolutely. I love that. Um, I just want to say for the for the for the Lions, you look at the division, check out Detroit Lions podcast dot com slash store. 
And we have a wicked, and I wish I had it right here. I don't. Um, 1991 NFC Central Champs shirt available. It is fire. Um, they've been flying off the shelves. It's I, I've said it thank since you. the off season. Uh, thank you, Anonymous, for the $25 for St. Jude. You are a rock and roll star. Um, I've said it since the off season. It's time to th- cast away the ghosts. It's time to celebrate the history where we have it. Celebrate the wins and get those balls out and walk with them. Get your wheelbarrow just like Dan Campbell does down the sideline and be proud of your Lions and who they are, and what they've done over time. They've had a dry spell. The Wings had a dry spell before they finally won it in 97 as well. And, you know, they're one of the the crowns of the the the, the jewels of the crown, even still of the NHL. Be proud of your Lions. Go go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com slash store and get that sweet throwback retro 1991 design uh, NFC Central champs because before you know it, you're going to have to get your 2023 NFC North champs shirt. If we see what we saw from the Bears, the Packers, and the Vikings for the rest of this season, it's going to be an easy march to the top, and you are going to see a very, very insufferable Chris. <laughs> and I am going to talk about putting a stamp on this every week, every week, until I'm either humiliated or we do this. End of freaking story, because that's what we do in Detroit. That's what Detroit Lions fans do, because we are where we haven't been in most of your lives. Most of you have not been here before. Enjoy it. All right. Week one. Anything else to talk about, Riz? Oh, yes. There is one game. Former Packer. Still wears green. You know, we we gotta talk about it, don't we? Yeah. Um Chris, did did so I was out at dinner and we got back to the hotel room and I'm like, why is Zach Wilson playing? I I didn't listen to the game on the radio, didn't didn't have it on at at the at dinner. What's Zach Wilson doing? And and where I was at was not not a good spot to watch and pay attention to things on the internet. And plus, I was paying attention. By the way, I, I got to bring this up real fast. You and I and a couple other people had a dinner in Detroit. Yeah. And we were there for three hours, and we we did not look at our phones once, other than one person who got texted who had to attend to it. Our phones were down, and we didn't pay any attention to it. I freaking loved that, and I'm trying to do more of that in my life. So for those of you who are trying to get me on social media, unfortunately, you're the, the, the unfortunate victim of that. But I'm when I'm with people, I'm not paying attention to my phone nearly as much as I used to, and I think that's good for me, and I think it's good for America. I think it's good for everybody. Riz not looking at his phone is good for America. <laughs> That's for damn sure. <laughs> so I didn't know what was going on is the long and the short of it. And then like, why is that? And then I, then I dig it on the Twitter and I'm like, or X, whatever, social media and found out what was going on. I'm like, and my instant reaction honestly was, damn, that sucks for Aaron. And not that I feel not, you know, not that I don't want bad things to happen, but I don't want that to happen. Like I wanted him to fail on his own. I wanted. I wanted it to not work with him being healthy and trying to be at his best, and it just didn't work. And, and I don't mean that as any disparagement against the Jets. I just wanted him to go away from Green Bay. And actually, there was a little bit of a part of me that wanted him to succeed away from Green Bay. That's like, okay, it's not just them. Like he's obviously he's incredible. 
He's a Hall of Famer. I, I have nothing but respect for Aaron Rodgers' game, but I don't like it. <laughs> the fact that I can't root against it now kind of leaves a hole in my life, Chris. Where it leaves Does that me. Make sense? Yeah, no, 100%, 100%. Where it leaves me, and I haven't really heard a whole lot of people talking about this, but I have become the biggest Zach Wilson fan on the face of the earth, maybe. I want to face the Zach Wilson-led New York Jets in the Super Bowl this year because Green Bay now gets a second-round pick, right, instead of a first-round. And if we face the Super Bowl, it's basically a third-round pick for Aaron Rodgers. Can you tell me that wouldn't be freaking poetic justice? Oh, God, I would love that. He didn't meet the snap requirement. The, The pick does revert, doesn't it? Yes. Wow. Yes. Come on, Zach. I, I believe you You didn't ever get a real chance. People disparaged you. You didn't deserve it. You've got it in you, man. And darn it, people like you. You can do this, buddy. <laughs> he was better than Josh Allen Monday yeah. night, and I never oh. thought I'd say that. Josh yeah. Allen, not good. Not yep. good. Hey, remember, you play for the blue team, not the green team. Maybe start throwing <laughs> at the blue team a little bit more. That was rough, man. Some of those decisions he made were like, like wow. It was like a flashback to Wyoming when I saw Wyoming play Eastern Michigan in person and Brogan Roback kicked his ass. Yeah, um, yeah. And he in that game, he threw seven potential interceptions. The Eagles only caught two of them. By the way, it's just still be the Hurons, but I digress. But that, yeah, I yeah. thought that Josh Allen was gone. And I like I liked the new Josh Allen. Like, he's fun, man. He's, he's an easy dude to like. That was not a good, not... He at the end of the game, he he receded back into the bush because <laughs> all the Buffalo fans were looking at him like, "What in the f did you do?" <laughs> Isn't he great in that ad? Yeah, he's really he good. Yeah, if I was him, I'd be like buried in a bush too. But that's that's something different. Uh, all right. Anyway, that's that. We had a, a great week one. It was so awesome. I mean, so I had been traveling for traveling. Or like working, I had to go to Gainesville for my son's my wife's birthday. I mean, and that's not work. That was a great celebration. But it was always something keeping me away from doing things for three weeks. And this weekend I got home. My planes were delayed. I got home late on Friday night. I was exhausted. I slept. I went to bed finally at 2 a.m. on Friday night. I slept till 1230 the next afternoon. I was friggin' exhausted. Oh, I woke nice. up, planted my ass on the couch, watched college football all day. After I came up to here, I threw on UFC and college football. I had to watch my Gators uh, for the night. Got done with the night. Had a couple pops, of course. Went to bed. Slept in again till 1230. <laughs> Woke up and watched the NFL all day. That's all I did. In the hurricane that went by, while my, my wife was here alone, the hurricane that flew by, it ripped a shutter off the house. I haven't even looked for, like, where do I get a new shutter? Like, I haven't done any <laughs> frigging thing i've been exhausted i'm about to head off to the the resort this this weekend i'm leaving tomorrow afternoon with my wife we're gonna have a nice getaway and uh i'm gonna bury myself in rum runners and uh massages and good times at the beach and the pool and all that but uh if we all enjoy that man you've earned it we'll be back we we all collectively appreciate what you do and you've earned the time to take a little time for yourself and the and the young lady that you call your wife 
But don't worry, folks. She's legal, everyone. First number one. But also, <laughs> uh, don't worry. We have content coming for you. We've got Ash doing the daily still. We've got a great piece uh, about the Seahawks from Mike, who used to cover the Seahawks for a couple years in Seattle. He was on-air talent in Seattle. Uh, we got a great piece about that matchup coming on Friday from him. Really, really good stuff coming. It doesn't stop just because I do. And, of course, we have the post-game show. It will be me, and I call him Mike. Everyone else knows him as Gray. <laughs> so me and Gray will be on the post game show after the Lions game on Sunday. Good time, good time, good time. All right. Um, thanks for indulging me there for a minute. I want to get to the next topic really quick. Don't forget it's the season for St. Jude. Uh, big thanks, like I said, anonymous for the $25 donation. Um, our we're looking for 50 grand this year. St. Jude.org slash DLP. Everything you donate 100 percent tax deductible. You just type in whatever name you want in there. It can be anonymous, it can be your real name, whatever you want, but your receipt still comes. You can get all your money back at the end of the year. Um Appreciate everyone who's doing that. Uh, it's a great cause, and we do it every year. And November 3rd, the, the Friday of the bye week, we will do our 24-hour podcast-a-thon. And uh, we'll have some great guests. We have a lot of good stuff coming. We're uh, almost, just, just about a month and a half away. I, I might have gotten us a really good guest over the weekend, Chris, inadvertently. <sighs> Ooh, I like we'll talk. inadvertent guests. Oh, oh, we got Gray last year, and yeah, that that, that, that was everybody's introduction to Gray. I I, yep. I invited him to come on. He was somewhat reluctant. He's like, "What? People don't know who I am." Yeah, yeah, they will. Now they do. Yeah, um, <laughs> we're gonna do an event too. We are gonna do a live event. Thank you, Malcolm. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, we have a live event that we were gonna do it last year. Didn't come together. We will do it live during the podcast-a-thon. Get ready to compete and win sweet prizes. Awesome stuff. You will absolutely love what we've got coming. All right. More to come. Let's get into it. Lions versus the Seahawks. Uh, the officiating crew. That's usually, you know, again, there's been a shift in the timeline. We don't care as much about the officiating crew, but we're going to talk about it because the Lions get Alex Kemp this weekend. This is a crew that's known for being extremely. He throws flags. Happy. <laughs> that's right. Uh, through 17. In the San Fran and Pittsburgh game last week. Thank you for that, Justin Rogers. Justin Rogers is a great follow on the Twitter and at Detroit News. Check out all his stuff. Justin is a fantastic writer, has his shit together. I all right. Look up who all is on his crew because there's there's one person on his crew. His umpire calls more than any other umpire, and I got to get his name. I, wanna, I don't like to brag, Kevin, but. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. Alex, who's his umpire? Um, I'm looking at um, football zebras, by the way, which is a very good site. While you look um, at Mike, let, let me let me do a quick thing. I'm sorry. I just want to give a shout out to Sam Man, Sam Man Slow Lights, Sam Man seven seven three seven 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 three, Sandman seven 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 three. Check out his his YouTube channel. His slow lights are already fire. He did Danger, yes. Danger for Electric Six. I couldn't believe it. Love that he put that song in there. I've got another I one for I love him. that. Yeah. I've got another Let's one for him this week, so we'll, we'll get to it. But check out Sandman's stuff. He's always been great. And I just got a sense this year you're going to have a flood of Sandman's slow lights because I they're going to they're going to stack those wins. All right. So, Riz, go ahead. I started to interrupt. Sandman, real fast. I got a song request for you. Nonpoint, Ruthless. Ooh. One other quick thing about Alex Kemp. Yes. Detroit native, graduate of Central Michigan University. Really? 
Really? I wanted to, I had one forum that I was going to ask and I have to put on. I have to remember. Uh, there it is. Yep. I'm asking for ludicrous. Get back. <laughs> I think that would I be a good one. one. Yeah. Especially if it's not a defensive. Guy. I know that. I, I kind of like ludicrous. Ludicrous is ludicrous cool, man. No, I again, not, not my genre of music, but I can, I can, I can dig some ludicrous. Yep. yep. All right. Go ahead, buddy. Um, I interrupted you with Sandman and, and, and took you off course. Uh, who is no, our second no, official that you want to talk about? Um, Mike Morton yes. um, is his umpire. He's a former NFL player. And he throws, like, throws the flag. <laughs> it's kind of entertaining to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So, yeah. They, but uh, this is a crew. Uh, they're a fairly young crew. But a lot of the guys are in their second or third year. And they were sort of like... Like when other guys retired, they kind of scramble guys around and reassembled, and uh, so we'll, we'll we'll see how it goes. But uh, you know, they're not they're not a crutch, they're not an excuse anymore. Um, as we saw in week one, we talked about it earlier. The Lions know how to adapt to how the game is being called. Hundred percent. That's a sign of a good coach. If you can't do that, you might be Steve Mariucci. It's it's the it's Dan Campbell, and now the rest of the team. When there's a bad call or crappy stuff from the umpires, what I hear, the words I hear come out of their voices, I ain't no bitch. <laughs> and they go out and they kick ass. They don't care. Wow. <laughs> Seems hard. Okay. <laughs> but that's, they used to be. They used to be. They used to fold. When that stuff would happen, you would see them get mad and get, and yes, it would they get in their head. You could just tell when a Lions game was going to flip because you'd get a bad call and they would just fold. And now, like I said, I ain't no bitch. I ain't folding. I'll come back twice as hard, twice as mean. I'm not going to fold because you're a bad official. I'm going to win this game. It's that grit. I love it. I ain't no bitch. So Sandman. <laughs> Sandman. Metallica ain't my bitch. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing out song requests here for you. I will request one, Andy, because I will be at the Coheed and Cambria concert in Royal Oak on Monday night. If you could play the running free for highlights of Jameer Gibbs running for 92 yards and two touchdowns in this game, I will be forever grateful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, any other children of the fence who are there, if you see me there, come say hi. I might buy you a beer. <gasps> I got to fly up just for that. <laughs> I honestly don't think Riz has ever bought me a beer. Not that I need it. I don't. But- I honestly, I don't know if I have either. Actually. <laughs> That's I'm, not, weird. I'm not angling for it. It's not a big deal. I don't care. We still have a lot of fun. Um, and oh, by the You're way, Sam, so one more thing for Sam, man. When 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 you come for the Bucks game, buddy, I've got the uh, Wet Willies mix ready to go. I've got my thing Everclear, and I got it. Well, I, I've oh, made no. one call a cab mix, and it's delicious. It is fantastic. So there you go. All right. Somewhere Mac Robinson shutters. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, somebody was requesting this. Uh, and, and this is worth it. The Lions earned it against Kansas City this week. Because the Lions won a game, bitch. That's right. The Lions won a game, bitch. All right. Um, let's see. Lions versus Seahawks. The officiating crew's there. Expect a bunch of flags and expect it not to bother the team. Yep. Importance of an outcome against the Seahawks. Let's talk about this. This is a big thing. Gray's going to go into it also on Friday. He's got a really good angle, and I know we're not going to hit that one. Um, Riz, let's talk about this. The Detroit Lions. Game two, a lot of people, well, some about you, thought they would be 0-2 after the Seahawks game. And we have a chance here 
to do something. And this is this again, I'm going to use this phrase again. And I apologize, but this is a chance to really put a stamp on the start of this season. These are the two games. Everyone said these are the toughest two games. The Lions can start 0-2. Oh, it's going to be so bad. It's going to be so tough to deal with because the rest of the season is going to be is going to be okay. And they're going to come back and it's a team that's going to win. What's the importance this week, Riz? Why is this game so important to the Detroit Lions? So I will say I I don't think that a lot of people expected the Lions to be one and zero. I don't think many at all expected two and zero. And while the team will say, "Hell yeah, we expected to win every game," the players. They're not dumb. We just talked about that. Like they understand that if they can go two and zero, what a tremendous opportunity that is. Seattle's a very good football team. I picked preseason the Seahawks to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. Not looking so good right now, but that's a, the point. Is is that it's a real if you can beat the team that won the last Super Bowl and a team that has a realist to get there this year in the first two weeks, they. As I said on last week's show, the two hardest games on the schedule, probably going to Dallas at the end of the year, are weeks one and two. If you could come out of that two and oh with the con because it shows okay, now you expect to win, and now you're not the hunter, you're the hunted, and you can wear the target on your back instead of shooting at the target on your back. That's the sign, Chris, of what you were talking about, about the change. Let me That's, just and that to that to me would do that. Let me tell you because you're right. This, let me read let me read something off to you, Riz, because I think you're a hundred percent on point here. We beat Seattle. We're two and zero. Oh. We beat the two toughest teams. Let me just roll you to the bye now. Atlanta, mm-hmm. Green Bay, we, Carolina, we can win that. We can win that. Tampa, Baltimore, the Raiders, and then the bye week. They're they're not going to. Yeah. They're going to lose a shitty game in there. They're going to lose a bad game in there. They, but they will. the reality is they can beat every one of those teams. They could go undefeated into the box. Yes, they this can. Team could. They have the talent. You watch Baltimore. <laughs> or wasn't great week one. They're, they're good. We're good, too. And yeah. I think the ability to sustain. Okay. Because you had week one and like, okay, you can explain it. You know, weird things happen. Talk about that all night. You go back and do it again in week two. That shows that that wasn't a fluke in Kansas City. That shows that you have that home field advantage. Now, you would have risen. You have risen. You have raised your collective floor and expectations and are comfortable being where you're at. We're good being the hunted. We're still hungry. We're going to go out there and we're going we're gonna to play like we're the hunters, but we can handle the pressure of expectations and the weight of elevated expectations for lack of a better, like they've done it all off. That to me, that to me would be a huge statement, even more than beating Kansas city and Kansas city. The fact that you're one and oh, and now you go and you beat a really good Seattle team that they're wounded. And we'll, we'll talk very briefly about that, but my goodness, they, this is a game that the lions probably should win. How many times have we said that in the past? And it's admittedly not many. Yeah. And they've come up short. They've laid a giant egg. I think every of the Jets time, game, um, every time they the, should the have first, won the, the, the first Sam Darnold game. I think of, of other so many games. I think of the Patriots game last year. 
where we thought, oh, we got a shot at them. like they're they're kind of in disarray and they kicked our ass. Like this would be to me, to me, a sign that they take themselves seriously and have the right mindset and mentality and talent and focus and coaching and discipline to handle being who they are as a very successful football team. Yep. That's what I want to see. Uh, Michelle Cox asks, was that like button better than hymns? You're gonna have to tell me, Michelle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. The help. audience gets it. I love it. Y'all are great. Don't make They're me great. happy. She was hilarious. <laughs> um, met them at the party at the, at the, at the party, Michelle and Tim Stein, Michelle Cox never hits the likes button. They're, they're, they're hilarious. Um, all right. So yeah, no, this is, this is a team like, 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 like you said, if I feel like every time there was a game that we were absolutely going to win, we failed. We choked on it. It was like, Oh yeah, this one we got. And, and they just, they couldn't meet the expectations. Like they couldn't address that. They couldn't rise to the occasion. Um, they need some hymns. They needed the hymns. And now Dan Campbell is the hymns. Oh, they are the hymns. I like that better. I, you know what? I, we're getting a sponsorship from those motherfuckers. <laughs> That's it. Because this is going to be the year <laughs> of Detroit Lions hymns. We are standing up for the Detroit Lions with hymns. <laughs> Oh my God! Oh boy! Of Book it, Michelle. Sponsor. <laughs> like him on the huge show. MCDC <laughs> is hymns. <laughs> I like oh, it. It's uh, good. We've got something here, my friends. We have got something. I, I so I'm I'm very excited. The the flip side of it is if they lose, are do they treat it like okay, we're one and one after the very tough start? How do we come out of that? And I think going to Atlanta at that point, or well, that's a Atlanta, home game, isn't it? Yeah, they're coming to us. They're coming to us. Yeah. That's the hardest thing for Atlanta. I would think going to Atlanta is a game I'd be concerned about. That would be a little about. tougher. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, Atlanta, Atlanta's really fast. That's one of the things that I picked up. Like They got a lot of speed on it, aside from Bajan. Um, but, yeah, they being able to come out of the first two weeks one and one and still have the mentality, if assuming, not even assuming, but if that happens, if they are one and one to come out and stay focused and not be like too wrapped up in the fact, Hey, Hey, we won one of those games that nobody expected us to win. Um, we shut that idiot risen up with, you know, winning both of them, you know, that, that, that type of thing. Like I, that's the, 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 it, it, it's you know, like, it's, it's not just multiplying. It's squaring. Like it's exponential. Um, even though two times two is also the same as two squared. Like it, it feels different when you put the square, the little superscript to like, like, I think that's what we can do with this. It's a force multiplier. It's that sort of thing. And I think that that's, uh, I now, as you will read, because I already had to send the, the prediction, I picked the Lions to win this game now. Um, the preseason 0-2, that's history. Here we go. Book it. The James Houston Memorial Horn says that Risden now picks the Lions to win the game. Oh no! Watch me jinx them. Oh bloody hell! I don't need that. I'll I, be there. I, I will to. be at them, and it's my birthday. They're not going to let me down. There you go. I have to give shout out to Jeffrey and Tina Canine, members of the channel for twenty months. Twenty months as members. Thank you both. 
Peter for being members. Appreciate you guys. Thanks for the awesome content. Love you guys. Love you too. Thanks so much for being members on the the, the team. Oh man. All right. Titus turned lines will show what we have been waiting for it for decades. Let these dogs eat one pride. You got a frog crop. All right. Um, I want to go on the importance of this game. I think we've got that covered. Let's do a preview of the Detroit lions versus the Seattle Seahawks. First and foremost, do you want to start with the injury report? Yeah, because that's very important. Um, A crucial players out. And I just, I'm going to take a moment and talk about this one, this one piece. Okay. I rarely come around on Ohio state Buckeyes. It really, it's there's for some reason it's, it's very, very hard for me. There's very few, and I've seen a lot of good players and I could admit they're good, but it just, it just, it's, it's this, it gets implanted in my head. Chris Spielman is one that, absolutely i love and can just shed my my michigan kind of roots and just say i love you chris spielman you are my hero i can say that straight up the other one is taylor decker (laughs) and we will be without taylor decker it looks like this week at left tackle crucial crucial terrifying kind of thing to be without mr taylor decker on this offensive line I'm still holding out hope that he plays. Um, one of the things that I actually wrote today, and, and it's a question, and it's a question that you can answer, Chris. How do you think they replace him should he have to sit out? Is it a case where they move Sewell from right to left, and then you bring in Matt Nelson as your right tackle? That's a great question. Do you kick Vitae out? Like, they have a number of different options that they can do, and I, I frankly don't know what my thought is, is that for one week, They'll leave Sewell at right tackle and try Matt Nelson at left tackle. 100%. 100%. Sewell never played on the left okay. side during camp. He has not had any reps not. over there. No. And Vitae, you, he's just not super mobile. You know what I mean? He, he's, he's, he's your guard. He's your guy. He's the one. He and Sewell side by side are him. <laughs> They're them, right? Whatever. Uh, that's that's just I, you don't mess with that. Matt Nelson is absolutely serviceable agree. and you can get look when you saw uh, Sam Laporta <laughs> blocking. I don't know about that. Sam Laporta blocking defensive ends like a tackle. Yeah. You can chip them. You can put the two of them together. You can you can team with with Nelson and Laporta. You can do this. They can do this. I'm not terribly worried. You get them some help over there. The line, again, is a team. The line will elevate players that are less. Matt Nelson was there last year. He knows Hank. Hank has put him under his wing, has had him for a while. I know you've not liked what you saw in the in the preseason. I know last, we, last year you didn't like what you saw in the preseason. You were terrified of what that offensive line would be if there was injury and there was injury week one and throughout the year and they were able to hold it together. Matt Nelson is on the left tackle. Panay stays on the right side. They give Nelson help and and we're okay. That's that's my prediction for how things play. All right. I, I was going to play, but in the, in the off chance that he doesn't, I would also do that. I would too many moving parts, man. You don't move those things around. The other thing that you can do, like you talked about, you, one of the things about Taylor Decker um, and some people will see it as a negative. I, I kind of see both sides of it. He does not like having a tight end next to him. He does it. And he's, he's talked about why. Man, Nelson doesn't have, have that issue. So you can be, get more creative with your tight ends. You can play You can play more two tight end sets. Yep. Uh, that will work against Seattle. There, there's a, it open, 
in a weird way, it opens things up to attack differently. I don't, I don't think it will be nearly as effective because Taylor Decker is a damn good offensive lineman. He's great. And uh, he, like, you're going to miss him, but there are ways to compensate for him where you're not just plugging in Matt Nelson to be Taylor Decker. Like, you're not asking 67 to go out and be 68. You're asking him to do the best that he can, and we will help you with other guys. Yep. And you keep you keep Vitae and Sewell, and that's 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 what I would do. That's the choice I would make. As scary as it is for me that that Matt Nelson, um, who was Absolutely not better than Jermaine Effetti in the preseason or or training camp. Like wasn't really even close. I I'll be all right. I'll be all right. Yeah. I it's it's Nuasu who's gonna be their edge, which is a little bit scary to to face a Matt Nelson. He's pretty good. Yeah, he is he is definitely good. <laughs> I and 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 Wagner plays on that side behind it. I just here's the thing to watch it for. Does. Here's the thing to watch for. And it's the, the 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 brains and the brilliance of a Ben Johnson, because if they decide that they're going to get real blitzy and they're going to put all that pressure on, you watch Amon Ra feast. You watch Gibbs feast. You watch Laporta leak and feast. You watch the screen come alive. I hope to God I don't see a bubble screen to Marvin Jones. But other than that, I think we've got all kinds of opportunity to make them sit back a little bit and slow their ass down. And once that happens, then the game's all over. Uh, Montgomery, that's one thing we didn't see in week one and that I think we're going to see soon is he's got really, really good hands. And he leaking for a pass is going to be he's going to burn some people really bad. We have a lot of options for a really, uh, you know, when they focus the rush, they start beating up on uh, on Nelson and then they put pressure on the other side of the line as well. We have all kinds of options to beat that. And I think that's actually where Ben Johnson is going to feast. I, I want a wheel route off of a chip block from from David Montgomery. I want that. Yeah. May or yeah. may not have seen that in camp. Let me ask you. So uh, Jeffrey and Tina, they're asking Riz, are you no longer writing for real GM? And I know we made the announcement, but maybe we should do it again because real yeah, GM is such um, an awesome place. It was, uh, I am not, I uh, resigned. Uh, I took over draft wire um, with my friend, Kurt Popejoy, who runs Steelers wire. We now collectively run draft wire together. And one of the concessions that I had to make in order to do that time wise and family wise so I had to give real GM up and I noticed it. So I'll, I'll, I'll do this quickly. Sunday Sundays for me have been 18 to 20 hour work days since 2006, when I started writing the end, the weekly 10 cents and it was weird Sunday, not writing it. And I actually was in my head as I outlined throughout the week and I think about what I'm like, it was awkward. Um, it was very awkward today because normally I used to write the picks columns on Wednesday afternoons, and I didn't do that the last two weeks. And it's quite frankly, it's, it's hard. But I had to give it up. That they, I'm mean, nothing against Real GM. It, they understood completely. They quite frankly, they were happy, or they were happy that it lasted as long as it did as I was. It never and, lasted uh, that long. Good things to say about them. 2006 to 2022. It never lasts yeah. that long. And I, I just, I'll no. shout out. Don't stop because Riz and, is gone. Real GM is a class operation. Yeah. They took care of Riz in the early days when he, he 
was a little too young to be taken care of. They had no reason to pay me, and they did. (laughs) And they took care of Riz. A lot of the Senior Bowl coverage, a lot of the stuff you have is courtesy. uh, You had was courtesy of Real GM, and and that's that's a big a big investment in a guy like Riz. And they they did a lot for him. They're a great organization. Treat their people really well. Please go back to Real GM. Frequent their stuff. They have great people there, and and they're run by really quality people. So, especially if you're a Pistons or Raptors fan. Because it is ostensibly a basketball site. There's a thriving Pistons community on there still. There's a thriving Raptors community on there still. Um, I still go to the message boards and, and contribute under the Cavaliers board and a little bit to the NFL draft boards because I, I love those guys. I mean, yeah. I made made relationships with people there. So uh, do that. Um, but yeah, it, I, I unfortunately just don't, I can't do it anymore. Um, it was time that something had to give. And unfortunately, they were they were the part that had to give. But yeah. Uh, I would encourage you, if you like my draft stuff, go to DraftWire. DraftWire. We're having a lot of fun with that, too. There you go. All right. So the preview of the game, we recognize that left tackle is going to happen. There's a question from a guy named, you may have heard of him. He's a Chicago Bears fan, Don Burr. Um, Don Burr wants to know. <laughs> oh, Don, don't take that, buddy. <laughs> he won't. Um, the <laughs> Will we see Antoine Green get elevated above Marvin Jones after Marvin Jones' performance last week? Um, and it's an interesting question so, because I can see a rotation like that for some of the players, depending on who they're playing against. I think you saw the answer to that. And Khalif got the reps that Marvin gave up. I think that's going to continue. I think Ben Johnson, quite frankly, forgot about Khalif early in that game to his detriment. That's one of the reasons why I don't think he had a very good game. I don't think he's going to make that mistake again. And against a team that has the speed that that Seattle does at corner, not saying that Antoine Green isn't very fast and very big, doesn't have that. I think you want a little bit more savvy and experience with that, and that's what Khalif gives you. So I think you're going to see more of him earlier in the game this week as the adjustment to that. Yep. yep. We'll see. I, I'm not opposed to Antoine Green getting some reps out there and getting and seeing what he can do because he's a big body. His routes are not bad. He can catch, and he's not easy to tackle with his size and speed. He's There's something there. There's something there to work with. But uh, I, I, I kind of think we're going to have to wait a little bit more for, before we see a lot of Antoine Green. Uh, Don Burr, Vikings getting popped tomorrow by Philly, 0-2. Teddy Bears lose Sunday, 0-2. He's he's got tears after that one. And Todd Bowles' defense. (laughs) I love that, Todd Bowles. (laughs) I like Todd. I like Todd Bowles. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He got a a rough run in Tampa. You can speak to that more than I can. uh, Yeah, yeah. It's not looking good. So the the way that the Vikings interior offensive line played and the way that Jalen Carter and the Eagles defensive front played, ouch. Yeah, Jalen Carter was really good. Really good. Yeah. 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 Nice to see. Validated my fact that I had him as the number one player in the draft. Yep. Uh, He looked looked it. (laughs) Ken Button. Ken Button, thank you, sir, for being a, a member. Uh, on the channel. Appreciate you. All right. We have the, the Matt Nelson effect on, and we talk about Antoine green. Let's talk a little bit about more about what we have. A lot of people worried about, you know, no Taylor Decker, a lot of pass rush pressure makes golf wilt. We saw something a little different last yeah. year from golf. Um, the season did start with the three sixty no scope panic golf under pressure. 
the season ended even when he was under pressure with a different Jared Goff. And I, I think this is yep. a very planned thing. I think it's a very practiced thing. We'll see. But Jared, when he was under pressure, he never looked panicked. He never, he looked poised the entirety Agreed. of the Chiefs game. Um, I don't know that I have fear that Jared's going to 360 no scope anything anymore. I think we're going to see, I think he has confidence in his offense and his players. And I think that uh, with Ben Johnson and the expectations for how Seattle is going to react to our personnel, knowing that they likely have two tackles out, at least one, and then they have the corpse of a, of, of a potential uh, Hall of Famer who going against going to get just destroyed by Aiden yeah. Hutchinson. Uh, so, so let's talk about that. So their their offensive tackles are wounded, uh, to say the least. I am a massive Abe Lucas fan, and if you were a Panay Sewell fan, you too would be an Abe Lucas fan. Uh, especially for Detroit, because if you're looking for anybody who's as close to the style and mindset and brute power, the Panay Sewell brings the right tackle. It's Abe Lucas. That guy's good, folks. They're going to miss him a lot. Jason Peters coming in will not say a bad word about Jason Peters. You, no. you can't pay me to say a bad word, but he hasn't practiced. He hasn't played. He's what? 40 years old, 41 years old. I don't know how that's going to work for him with Aiden Hutchinson there. And, oh, by the way, if they try to help him, that means Josh Paschal, John Kaminsky, James Houston, CJ Gardner-Johnson blitzing out of the slot. Brian Branch, who was the best blitzing defensive back in college football last year. You don't think AG knows that? They're going to find ways, and Gino cannot run. He, he's, not, he's not more mobile than Goff. <laughs> That's yeah. just not what he does. <laughs> and I think that that is a massive equalizer for a wide receiving core that I think is the best in football. I, I love the mix that Seattle has on the outside. Yep. And the fact that their tight ends complement it very well and that their backs catch the ball well out of the backfield. The the ability to get Gino to rush and to panic and throw off the timing and the angles, the, the football geometry that they do very well. That's why I'm picking the Lions to win instead of lose because that, that again, if you're playing without both of your offensive tackles, that's a tall order, man. When, when you got a Detroit defense that's playing the way they are. Thank you. I don't know. Uh, that, 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 that to me is huge. And, and I, again, I want to, I want to reiterate Abe Lucas is really, really good. And I don't think he gets nearly the credit for it because he was a third-round rookie last year and didn't have the necessary expectations. Again, if you like Panay Sewell, you will like Abe Lucas, and you will like him every game that Seattle isn't playing Detroit because he plays the same way, and he's pretty darn close to the skill level, quite frankly. And uh, I don't think he gets that recognition. And that's a massive – imagine playing this game without Taylor Decker and Panay Sewell. Yeah. How would you feel about the Lions? That's that's exactly what the Seahawks fans are going through right now, and it's. I mean, you can do a whole lot worse than than finding a Jason Peters off the street to come in and play. But dude's going to the Hall of Fame someday, but his, I will say, his best days are behind him. And I'm going to say, there's something to be said. I'll say about Jason Peters. 
there's something to be said for playing angry. And this Detroit Lions team has revenge on its mind. They've been owned by the Seahawks for, for, for a while. The Seahawks kept them out of the playoffs, right? This, this Detroit Lions team, they're here for payback. They want what was theirs, and they have every motivation to go get it. I really believe there's a extra layer of drive to take this game. It's the home opener. It's yep. against a team that kept them out of the playoffs. It's Riz's birthday. They've got every reason that they want <laughs> to go out and kick ass and take names. I share my birthday with one Mark Brunel. Also with one Rashid Wallace. Ball don't lie. Really? Wow. Ski masks in the crowd. Oh. They don't own us. They rented us. And we're now also Patrick Mahomes' birthday. Well, we're not playing him on his birthday. <laughs> Peaceful Tim says they don't own us. They rented us. And now we come to collect. Wearing a motherfucking ski mask. <laughs> <laughs> no. Now, see, you warned people earlier not to take that too seriously. Like, you know, you know, don't ruin the good time. Yeah, have fun with it. Enjoy it, folks. Don't, don't, don't wreck it. Don't wreck the fun. Just have fun with the ski mask thing, please, please. Don't think you're anonymous because you're just going to be an asshole. All right. <clears throat> what kind of reaction would Sheila get if she went out and said, "Hey, Lions fan"? <laughs> if she would get a bigger reaction if she said, "Hey, Heidi Ho, Lions fans." That's that's exactly where it would be at. <laughs> Hey, while you're watching, we ask once per show, please hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. We uh, we do this if you're sitting here watching, you're enjoying yourself. If you're having an okay time, just hit the like button, help us out. Kick the ass on that YouTube al- algorithm. Get yourself the, you get a little taste of him when you do that too. Uh, subs- uh, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. Thank you, Sound Kayak, for subscribing. Thank you, Jack, for the $25 to St. Jude. We appreciate you. We are on the way. stjude.org slash DLP, fully tax deductible. Get your money in there and help those sick kids and their families they deserve it at a time that's very 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 difficult for them all right with that we're going to talk about what it is to close out a show remember don't forget about us on patreon patreon is where you get access to the slack where you get to see the result of the pants free hymns hopping guys uh go to patreon.com slash detroit lions podcast uh donate at least five dollars a month there and you'll get access to the slack it's a good time great people a lot of fun and um come in Come I missed smooth. you all over the weekend. I wasn't on there very much in the last few days. I'm, I, I miss y'all. Yeah, you miss, you missed a lot of fun. It's, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> it's a good time. All right. Um, Michelle, we need to beat them like they stole our hymns. <laughs> Damn straight. Uh, make sure. <laughs> I love that Michelle's got a bit going. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. It's cool. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter at DET Lions Podcast, DET Lions Podcast at Jeff Risden, as you see there. Twitter, X, whatever they call it, give us that uh, follow. Uh, we're pants free all the time, full blown hymns action. Uh, Tickety Tockety, we're over there at DET Lions Pod. Check us out. Give us a call via Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word. Or call us on the Lions line at 248 782 8384 248 rub. Rub. You. Fug. Be sure to go to Detroit Lions Podcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Because when you do that, while we're rubbing you, Fug, while we're rocking the hymns, pants free stuff, while we're hanging the slack, Riz, what are you going to do? 
Sorry, mom. We're going to come into your ear holes automatically. That's right. You're getting it all over the place. You're getting it from all ends. You guys, you guys can't, you can't help but love it. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, because you and us are the Detroit Lions and Reddit Connection. Thank you all for joining us. Let's go, Lions. We've got a great season ahead. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.